Hey everybody, it's the Brian Progressive Podcast. That's me. We're exploring this question, what is Tantra? Continuing to explore this question, what is Tantra? And the further we dive into it, the more fascinating and interesting it becomes. And uh, I have a great guest with me, one I'm really grateful to have. Norm Self joining us. Uh, Norm is a been on this path for a long time. He's an, an elder in the community here in Asheville, North Carolina. How old are you now, Norm? 85. 85 years old. So um, he's been exploring the tantric path for how long? Uh, well, I guess uh, my official start was maybe about 2004, so 15 years. 15 of years. Of tantra. Of tantra, yeah. But retrospectively, I know I've been doing it for a very much longer <laughs> right. time than that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> So we're exploring this question, what is Tantra? And the first question I have for you is, what is Tantra? Well, it's a good question. And one that is severely misrepresented often. And so I'll start with kind of what it isn't. Well, no, I'll start with what it is. What it is, is, is everything. It's a life philosophy, spiritual philosophy, and embodied spirituality. Um, And those words are important. Um, A lot of religion is uh, based in dogma, you know, prescriptions and uh, declarations that uh, the faithful hold to, and their reward for having lived is how well they do that. Uh, So, a lot of religions are about reward and punishment. Um, Tantra also has a <clears throat> large um, accumulation over 5,000 years of um, practices, spiritual practices, and physical. So, um, one way that one of my teachers has described some of the misapprehensions about Tantra is that there's a kind of dichotomy between East and West when Easterners, India and other Asian countries are doing Tantra um, they uh, they have observed that there are saints and sages and seers that have certain powers and those powers have been attributed to what they got out of doing Tantra and by powers, I mean somehow what to a human being would seem like superhuman ability to do things, to get things done. So if they've got a sick herd or a, a, an animal that they want to have healed or uh, the crops aren't doing well for rain or whatever, they go to the tantric practitioner to get a, a miracle. In the West, somehow, one of those um, elements that keeps showing up in the lives of people is how do I get my erotic being fulfilled? Mm, yeah. So when it came over to the West, uh, these, even the practices were, uh, were offered with the uh, assertion that if one develops a deep and rich inner life, wonderful things come to fill up that life. Mm -hmm. Um, And since in the West, this is a great generalization, but one of the most profound wounds that we carry in the West is 
a wounded sexuality. Yeah. And so in the West, uh, Tantra got a reputation for being where you go to get a bigger orgasm or to get more bang for your buck mm -hmm. sexually. Mm -hmm. Well, each of those is true, and neither one of them tells the whole story. Mm -hmm. So um, the, uh, to start with the part that the Westerners have uh, uh, sort of grabbed onto is what do I do with my physical body and especially that part of it that is erotic and so Tantra pays a lot of attention to the human body. What happens when you breathe a certain way? What happens when you do physical exercise like Hatha Yoga or what happens when you eat well or what happens when you exercise and all of these things contribute to having an embodied vessel that is alive and alert and expectant and joyous or wants to be. And so the more we focus on our interior and on our consciousness, and the more we pay attention to what our bodies are telling us, the better clues that we can have about where to reach into our interior to get some resource that will make it even richer. Mm -hmm. So when it came to the West, it was kind of somehow became this message of this is how to have a better sex life, how to have a better orgasm, how to get off more. And the, the original teachings and the teachings that people have gone deeper, um, it's really a way to um, to connect with life, to connect on a deeper level with life, to bring greater fulfillment to your life and greater fulfillment to others and come into a state of wholeness, sounds that, like. That's a good feeling, a good, yeah. good spirit. I want to make a little bit of differentiation. Okay. Uh, I don't know that any uh, renowned tantricas came here to uh, offer better sex life. Mm -hmm. They might have said that, mm -hmm. and that was picked up on, mm -hmm. but that was never intended by the, uh, by the teachers in the tradition to be the whole focus or the whole story. Um, so, but what happened, I think, in, in that uh, somewhat oversimplified differentiation between East and West, is that Western, Westerners who picked up on it and got some rewards started focusing there. Yeah. And so that's how it kind of got yeah. this reputation. Yeah. It becomes kind of like a consumeristic. Yeah. Materialistic thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what what has happened? What have you noticed for you in your life as you've been on this path for over fifteen years or so? How has it how has it changed your life? Well, I think fundamentally, to use an abstraction and then try to break it down some, is <clears throat> it is it has helped me learn how to pay attention. Right. Pay attention to my life, mm. and my life starts in this body of mine. Mm -hmm. And how do I notice what's in there going on? And how do I notice what it wants more of and what it wants less of mm -hmm. and how to uh, make decisions? Mm -hmm. That's another big thing with Tantra is that every decision counts. Mm. Every decision has a consequence. And if I say I'm a spiritual person who gets glorious visions and manifestations of joy and ecstasy out of meditation, I'm talking about me. Yeah. But, and I'm voicing what is potentially true for anyone. 
but I don't try to make my personal body the the source of all wisdom mm-hmm. for every human being. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and then you're in, in this exploration. Um, how is it affecting your? I think the big part of it is relationships, right? So yes. there's relationship with yourself, yes. relationship with others, other human beings, relationship with even the earth, the planet, the oh, world, yeah. oh, right? Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yes, these relationships are are our lives. Right. right? And so there's another truism, which is true. <laughs> we do create our own lives. Yeah. And that's the biggest, I think, blockage for people really opening up to Tantra is that we want answers and we want them in concrete terms that can work for me and it'll do it right now. Um, and in that impatience, we keep listening for a guru who will tell us that. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of gurus who have a lot of good ideas, but there, uh, there precisely is no dogma, there's no a rule book that you can go with your checkoff pencil and say yes I've done that yes I've done that and now I'm now I'm fine well are you fine what else is going on mm-hmm. and so paying attention is uh, is the biggest um, strategy for engaging in a tantric life and paying attention means uh, what's going on hmm. what is really going on beneath all my defensiveness, beneath my longings, beneath my occasional ecstatic pleasures, what is it all meaning in a composite whole? Mm-hmm. That might be that might be my favorite answer I've ever heard, but what is Tantra? Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes it sweet and simple. And all the aspects of yourself, right? So yeah. look, you know, I think in the traditional organized religion people are paying attention, but only to what they consider spiritual or consider holy. Or consider, yeah. And then all these other stuff you have to kind of repress or suppress or it's considered bad or sinful. Or, But I think Tantra opens up this, this realization of everything being sacred. Yes, and that's, that's the whole point. Um, even though if I'm following a religion, even though I'm following the precepts, concepts, doctrines, beliefs of that system, I'm still looking to see what can I do to fulfill what somebody else has told me I ought to do. Yeah. Or will benefit from doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so to get it across that if you, you know, <laughs> this, this uh, funny little aphorism, don't just do something, said the Buddha, sit there. Uh-huh. And so the preposterous, preposterous uh, offer or claim is made that if you sit well and sit long enough, it'll come to you. That's true. Yeah. But we keep waiting to see, have I sat right? Did I sit wrong? It ain't happening. What do I do now? And how to inventory those questions, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm the author of the answer. Mm. And, and we have to be careful here in the, in the West because old ego comes in and right. says, I know what everybody ought to do. Right. <laughs> and that's what religion often is. Yeah. Is, uh, I know what everybody ought to do to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, Tantra says, I know how to get to heaven too. And I don't have to wait till I die. 
Let's bring heaven down here. <laughs> and we can do that. Yeah. yeah and if we don't, hell shows up. That's a really we... important point. Yeah, oh. that this life can be the divine life. This life can be what's sacred and all the parts of ourselves, all the aspects of ourselves. Yeah. And do you feel, as this, uh, does this have positive effects on one's vitality? Oh, unquestionably. I just spent a fairly lengthy time with a, a woman well advanced in years, failing miserably, physiologically, and uh, annoyed by having to do anything physical, and so hobbling around through. And I would offer some of my, quote, tantric wisdom, um, just not as tantra, not you ought to be a tantrist, but you know, the way you breathe makes a difference in how vital you are to move around in. And the way you walk on your feet makes a difference in how stable you are trying to get around. So there are ways that we can invent our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of counsel around on nutrition, on health, of all kinds of mobility and, and of quietude solitude and and relationships you mentioned relationships that is the in one sense one test of the pudding right. is how does being in a tantric mindset affect my relationships with the world and all the people and things in it and if i'm in a world where the mainstream currency is get ahead, succeed, be popular, don't do anything wrong. Um, if that is the common wisdom, then everybody's looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> uh, thinking that some cosmic entity will reward me if I'll be good, if I'll do my practices every day. And, 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 and then the unanswerable question is how am I doing those practices? With what mentality am I doing those practices? And if I'm doing it to satisfy what my teacher told me I ought to do, that can be a baby step of the beginning practice of yes, it, it matters how one sits because that makes it possible to breathe or not. And it matters whether one recites a mantra and and it matters how I eat. So, but if I'm going through the book and going through the rote of trying to do a practice that will make me per a perfect tantric, then I'm giving away my life to mm -hmm. some philosophical idea that I myself have the answer to. And what what are the what practices? Um do you do or have you done personally that have been, that you find beneficial for you? Well, you know, um, when I began to get onto some of these things that I've been articulating here, when I began to get it, that I am the author of my practices, um, I have not done any tantric practice that did not give me mm -hmm. some reward. Right. I do confess in all humility, <clears throat> that sometimes I neglect it. I don't sit. Or sometimes I um, don't do uh, 
hatha practice, or sometimes I miss up. But when I do, I do say to myself, well, nobody's going to clobber you over the head. Well, in a way, uh, disease and decay will clobber you over the head. If you, But that's not an entity with a mind that's saying, you didn't do your practices and I'm going to punish you by making you weaker. Mm-hmm. But when I turn it around and say, um, if I wanted more energy, how might I get that? Mm-hmm. Well, I notice that when I'm on a, on a flow where I'm not doing some laborious uh, discipline to make somebody else pleased with me, but I'm doing with my body uh, the things that I know make it happy. And there are those little saboteurs in there that sometimes say, well, you've been doing this for a long time and you've been very faithful and uh, now there's something interesting going on out there, so why don't you just uh, do that again tomorrow? And, and we, we slip into bad habits. Mm-hmm. Well, tantras don't like to say bad habits. They, I'm into some habits that mm-hmm. I have taken on from, from whatever source and they are not serving me. Yeah. And nobody's got no pistol to my head to make me do these mm-hmm. bad habits, these unuseful habits. So what are the practices that you do regularly that um, are really, you find really important or valuable for you? Well, my, my, uh, my more or less standard day begins in, when I wake up. And my effort is, I've got Shiva hanging here on my wall. Um, and I say, hello, Shiva, I'm glad to have another day. And go from there to the bathroom and do all my ablutions, you know, bath and all that other stuff. And uh, I sneak in a cup of coffee there. I don't know if that's necessarily a, 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 a what? A, that's not part of the tantric practice? No, <laughs> but, but it makes me, um, it helps me get myself grounded. So I um, do a, a cup of coffee, one's enough. And then I come back to my, I have my sitting space on my bed. Okay. I come back to my bed, not to sleep, but to set up some practices that'll get my butt enough off the floor that I don't cramp my legs and that uh, get my uh, air channels opened up so I can breathe. And I go through some breathing exercises. So hum. So on a long uh, extended in-breath and hum as an, an, uh, an extended out-breath. And the For about so- how long? How long was the well, in-breath and out-breath? Well, uh, I, I, I count about four in and eight out. Okay. And, and the so, the intake, is bringing in fresh oxygen. It's bringing in consciousness. It's bringing in uh, attention to my body and how it's feeling about this breathing and whether I need to make any adjustments. And hum is the expounding, uh, eliminating of toxins and wastes and things that my body doesn't want, Mm -hmm. especially carbon dioxide. And if I'm sensitive, I notice that I can't use that carbon dioxide because it depletes me some ways. But the plants can. So I'm giving my carbon dioxide to the plants and I'm taking in the oxygen Mm -hmm. that my body wants to uh, vitalize my cells. Mm -hmm. So I do that, uh, breathing, and I slowly introduce mantra. And this is a long topic, and I will 
spare some of it for another time. <clears throat> but mantra uh, uh, are are uh, codified, uh, uh, revealed. There are revelations of the sages of and they were born, these were born in the Sanskrit language, but you don't have to use that. You can use your own or even recite Bible verses or just... Anyway, a mantra uh, is made of characters that form words, and the characters and words, each one has a, a cosmic meaning. So when I put a, when I put a mantra through my vocal cords and into the cosmos, it has impact. Now that's preposterous to some forms of the hard scientist, but it is a scientifically demonstrated fact that a mantra has an impact mm -hmm. in the cosmos. So I do a mantra for 20 or 30 minutes, and I do mantra and meditation as a combination. Okay. And what, what is the mantra that you do? Well, I do several of them. Okay. And each has, each has a name. I'll just spit off two or three. There's right. the Mahamritunjaya, which is victory over death. That's one of the big messages of Tantra. Victory over death. Really? Yes. Uh, the Gayatri, which is the, the praise of the faces of God or the elements of God or whatever you want mm -hmm. to say. Uh, the various ways that God shows up in the world mm -hmm. and in my life. And then there's one called Narva, Na, Navarnya, uh, which is a, uh, just a kind of uh, condensed uh, recitation and, and remembrance of where Tantra through 5,000 years has brought us. So I do those, and there are some others that can be done. Okay. And then how long is your, your meditation in total then? Well, from getting up and doing the ablutions and all those other things, all sequentially, it's about an hour. Okay. And there are ways, and people do this, there are ways to break it up or, or, or focus it or even shorten it. But five minutes of meditation is better than no meditation. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> Anything else that you, maybe even things that aren't regular, but maybe they are regular practices or things that you do on occasion that are part of your tantric practice that are valuable for you? Well, every time I have sex, I'm doing tantra. Uh -huh. Uh, and so, in that sense, uh, you know, the Westerners do have a big and important piece of it. <laughs> uh, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it involves all those things. It involves, how am I going to breathe? Uh -huh. And some people clutch and don't breathe at all. Mm -hmm. And that has an effect on, mm -hmm. the, uh, on the impact of that uh, sexual uh, session. Um, but, um, but... Conscious sex means I'm paying attention to this beautiful body of mine and to that beautiful body that I'm being here with. Yeah. And that has to do with relationships. Yeah. And if I make love to my lover as if uh, this is how I want to be loved, uh, not necessarily, I mean, we, we each get to define what makes us feel good mm -hmm. and we give to each other what makes the one that asks for it feel mm -hmm. good about it. But it certainly makes a difference a big difference in what comes out of sex mm. for me. Yeah, so you're, it's like a 
paying attention. Yeah. Being relaxed. Yeah. And sort of keeping the mind clear and open feels mm-hmm. like it. So that becomes its own meditative practice, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And the paying attention means that noticing that uh, how I put together the minutes of, and hours of my day is Tantra, and it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. I want to pause just long enough, though, to say that some people say, oh my God, I can just barely get to work on time. How am I going to spend an hour? You don't have to spend an hour, but the more I'm willing to put into it, the more I get out of it. And I, so I learn, if I'm wise, that there are ways that I can uh, upgrade the value that I place, the priority that I give to my Tantra, mm-hmm. and I don't have to spend as much time fretting and worrying and depleting my energy and trying to please the boss, or if I am the yeah. boss, trying to please my clients or yeah. whatever. Uh, your, br- your buddy, uh, my buddy as well, Brad Amberhart, who also is a yeah. guest on this series, yeah. he talked a lot about how you can... Uh, he calls it uh, sex as prayer, or yes. you, you can sex magic, or you can yes. you can take this sexual energy and you can sort of channel it in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, to do good in the world, or do good in your own life, uh-huh. um, or for other people in your life, is that something that you have any experience in, or you explored? Well, I've learned. Uh, I'm. 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 Uh, well, maybe I'm not. A total novice, maybe I'm a journeyman or whatever the next grade is. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I've learned a significant amount, and one of the things that I have learned is that I've not learned enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> Humility. And it is enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I have is enough. Yeah. But that enough is telling me that when you can put more attention and remember to do it, it gets you bigger bang for your buck. Mm hmm. Um, so, yes, and Brad teaches uh, an overarching uh, theme for what you have already rightly, correctly described, sex as prayer, and, but he talks about transformation, human transformation through uh, transformative sex. Mm-hmm. And he makes the audacious claim, which I believe, that is, if we could focus on and get life into our sexuality. That would transform how we work on the job, maybe even cut some minutes or hours off Mm -hmm. the work week, and it transforms how I enter into an encounter with everybody I meet, even the grocery grocery clerk. Mm -hmm. And... um, um, and I sometimes walk around in the in the grocery store, and I see not necessarily a a, um, a fashion magazine model, but you know I see people walking around, ordinary people, and I say, "Oh God, I hope you make love as good as you look." Uh huh. And that makes a difference. Uh huh. And I believe that at some, at least at some remote subliminal level, they feel it. Mm hmm. And I'm not coming on to them. I, I don't think I have ever spoken that to anybody, mm-hmm. especially not to a stranger. But um, it's kind of like wishing them love or sending yes, them love as yes, opposed to because yes. a lot of times what people will do is, um, unfortunately, like you see somebody that's very beautiful and people get jealous. Oh yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Instead of um, 
what I feel you doing instead of that is feeling inspired and then sending that person love and you know having that wishing that 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 um, that that moves to them and the people that they touch in yeah. their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of very dear people, including the woman I was just talking about, a- aging and uh, heading, getting her life planned together so that she can die with a, a peace of mind, rants and rails about Trump. Yeah. And what ought to happen to him for all yeah. the dire things that he's done. Yeah. Well, she's not wrong in her assessment of the dire things he's done. Yeah. But it would make a lot more impact if she would pray for him. I mean, it wouldn't change him in the literal sense to turn him totally around, but enough of that that happens. And it's going on now in these so-called debates. It, I was amazed sitting trapped in the waiting room <laughs> of an airport, and I listened to some of those people. My God, the wisdom, even in these politicians who, to use a a sexist term, who don't have the balls to launch out and make the corrections that they're talking about. Now, some of them do, and some of them will, and they're, they're, we're getting there little by little. But going that direction is so much more powerful, much more powerful. One of my teachers says, if you're going to, to, to counteract injustice or evil of any kind, you have to use at least as much and then a little more energy as they're putting into tearing it down. But you can't use the same energies they use mm-hmm. because that's what's tearing it down. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be more inventive in saying what ought to happen to these right. misguided politicians right. besides just voting them out of office. <laughs> and that feels so much of what, what Tantra is, right? It's, it's getting in touch with a creative energy. Yes, yes, it feels yes. feels like. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And... and this is one of the hardest um, discussions that I had with my elderly lady friend is to let it sink in that there is physical, physical, physical consequence to what I do mentally. And that and that every decision has a consequence. Yeah. And I can say I haven't taken any little babies away from their mothers, and I haven't robbed any Seven Elevens, and I haven't done this or that, uh, and and or I haven't cheated on my income tax. Why does he get away with it? Why don't we send him to purgatory at least, if not all the way to hell? And uh, I can't. Often there are times when I cannot penetrate that barrier. Now, I don't know whether God can or not. I don't know whether there's something that has happened in that exchange with the disbeliever. And I'm not, I'm not talking about morality here. And I'm not talking about a, a moralistic divinity who comes in and punishes people. I'm just talking about the built-in structure of positive and not positive that um, that we get to choose between. Yeah. Yeah, and getting touch that creative energy allows that yeah. potentiality to take place. Y- yeah. Yeah. And, and that everything in the universe, even rocks, and even the hardest of hard scientists know this, it has movement in it. It has vibration. Right. It right. has space in it. Right. 
And so some of this is not new or esoteric. None of it is new in the sense of it just happened yesterday. Yeah. Or even uh, back in, in JFK's time or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's always been here. Mm-hmm. And when I read these ancient texts, I'm, I'm saying, including the Bible, including, they knew this that long ago? Yeah. Where did it go? Or where is it hiding? Mm-hmm. And sometimes in my more aware moments, I say, it isn't hiding, it isn't hidden, it isn't going anywhere, it's here right now. And it's available to me right now. And what does it mean to access that? Practically speaking, not only in terms of making the intention and following through on it to access that energy and that vision, but also um, that it it makes a difference whether I do it or not, mm-hmm. not just to me. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share that you haven't shared yet? Any message that you'd like to impart? Yes, there are hundreds, if not thousands, <laughs> uh, really. Because I go back then to the opening statement that Tantra is everything. Yeah. And um, Tantra is no one thing. And Tantra isn't even what it's about. What it's about is the, is the message that Tantric pronouncements point toward. And they can only point toward it. They cannot, by definition, bring a definition into my life and make it work for me. Mm-hmm. They can invite me to look at what that, 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 that um, admonition or that recommendation would mean to my life if I would take it on. Mm-hmm. They can point out what that means to me, mm-hmm. but until I turn my life in the direction of looking at that, and looking at that, and looking at that, mm-hmm. that it begins to materialize. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, maybe a better word is, it begins to spiritualize. Mm-hmm. Or, better than either or both, is it begins to manifest mm. when I take it in and give it back out. And not as a moral transfer to give me brownie points in heaven, but it is a transformation that comes from the focusing of these vibrations that come through me Mm-hmm. So that the ones that come into me uh, and transform, and, and because of what I have picked up from my experiences with tantra and other, is when it goes back out, is it ex- it is expanded. expanded. Yeah. So that's just a tiny little taste of tantra. <laughs> mm-hmm. One uh, one uh, sort of practical question I've been asking a lot of people is about. Um, ejaculation for men. Uh-huh. So there's a tantric teaching of um, not ejaculating that it increases uh-huh. vitality. Is this something that you've explored, and what is your take on this? Well, I'm I I, I agree with both, <laughs> <laughs> and I've talked to a lot of men about how do you do it or how how do you refrain from doing it. Um. There is rationality for me that holds a uh, certain credibility that if I squirt some of my juice out, it just it just goes out. Yeah. And if I bring it up, 
and by that is a very highly technical term, but it isn't hard to do, but it's, it's, it's hard to grasp how you do it, is if I bring that energy up, it automatically expands into the world. Mm. And if I squirt it out, I don't know how it does, but I like both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't have a definitive answer even for myself mm -hmm. on which is right or wrong. It sounds like a lot of what, what Tantra does is it, is you waken in your consciousness, your the options increase. So Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel. It's like it increases Ab the absolutely. possibilities and the options yes, yes. that weren't available before. Well, thank you for all you do to help get these precious truths out into the world. Thank you. Norm, Norm was on my podcast before, and we got a lot of great response about that. So it's great to have you again. Mm. And thank you for being here. Good to be here. Thank you.